T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So in part one of my chat with my BFF, Elvis Duran, Morningstar at Z100 in New York and across the country, we talked about his early life and his start in radio. Now, in part two, we talk about everything from anger to spirituality to politics, friendship, and sex. It's a look at the evolution of an amazing soul. Podcasting from the top of the rocks. This is News on the Rocks with Patty Steele. Do you ever get, like, angry? Like, really angry? Yeah. Like, fuck you, angry? Uh, well, what? yeah, sometimes. I try not to. But what no, do you- I do. I get fuck you angry. I get frustrated. I don't get angry. I get frustrated. I How mean, do you deal these, with- these, look, Andrew and Diamond see it. When on right. days where things aren't going the way they should go, I get frustrated. Uh huh. And yeah, no, I absolutely I do. What do you do? Blow off steam by just. So you do, you like throw a fit? Does he throw a fit? Uh, you can say yes. Well, yeah, no, they see. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. But you're not throwing things at people and saying, get out of my. F-, and. Like throwing them out of the building. No. Not quite. No, they're that. saying no. Of course they're, they're saying, saying no. no I got to look at them because. They're, they're saying no in case I get mad and throw them out of the building. <laughs> no, no. I get mad at the world. Right. I get mad at the things, and, and I shouldn't. I get mad at the things that I cannot change. Right. I get frustrated. I, I, get, I, I, I get mad at people who are just stupid <laughs> no i shouldn't say that this rude i get i i, no, get, in, I, I get impatient I, with 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 people that just don't get it and don't don't and don't, op- don't, and don't try open, to get it yeah and don't open their ears and try to understand it and i, I and i shouldn't do that but patience what is makes definitely you real, what the, makes you really mad what is it well first of all people that accuse me of thinking a certain way or believing a certain thing just because they're they're uh, projecting their feelings on me mm-hmm like, like today, we were talking about uh, the mayor of New York, uh, Mayor de Blasio. Right. I don't care for him. I, <laughs> and I live in this city. Oh, I, that's a big club. <laughs> this city has gone down the shitter since he has been mayor. And it's happened on his watch. So I do find him responsible. Right. I, I, the, the streets are dirtier. The homeless problem is worse. And I, I see it. I live in it. Right. Uh, I, I think that people are, have less respect for our uh, police department. Mm-hmm. And they are they, they already were, were scratching for for uh respect anyway because of the bad apples that roll through there and he has not helped at all no and so uh so someone i, I mentioned that on the show today and so someone sent a uh a tweet up up up, up the flagpole saying oh obviously elvis is a republican <laughs> well no oh my god they didn't call you that <laughs> well, so, especially a gay republican jeez <laughs> no you listen to us 
10, 20 minutes a day and you think you know everything about us, right. obviously you don't. I'm not a Republican. Right. But, but don't 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 sit there and. But you're your own person. I'm my own person, but don't sit there and put me in a box because of what you think and what you know. You don't know me. Yeah. You know, I want you to know certain aspects of me, but we're still private people here. We still have ideas. Don't start your shit. And they say things like that because they want to start a fight. I get mad at that. Do you engage in the fight? Some I used to. I don't anymore. Yeah. Not as much as I used to. Anyway. <laughs> Are you good at forgiving? Uh, ooh, I hold grudges. Yeah. You know, I think it's so funny because Alex, my husband, he'll be flaming mad at something that I did. Mm-hmm. And then one second later, oh, so what do you want for dinner? And I'm looking at him like, oh my God, we're married to the same person. I'm like, really? Yeah. You're over it? Yeah. I hold grudges. Want to go for a ride? How come you don't want to go for a ride in my sports car? And I'll be like, ride this. <laughs> well, no, no don't I, ride this. <laughs> I hold grudges because I just, I just do, but not for long, but. You get over it. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you get to a point in life where you realize that, especially if it's somebody that you're connected to, that, you know, really, do I really want to lock out somebody that, for the most part, is someone that has been there for me and is and soothes me and I, and I love and they love me? Do I really want to lock them out over something that is, in the scheme of all things, a little bit meaningless? Well, this is what's happening with politics right now. And we learned this on our show the hard way when in the election of 2016, the presidential election, uh, I decided we needed to keep our show down the middle. And let's be honest. Look, I'm a gay guy living in New York. You can probably pretty much figure out your politics through stereotypical thought, my politics. But I don't press them on people. Mm -hmm. I don't want a Republican a very conservative person who loves Trump listening to our show and feeling uncomfortable. I want everyone to listen. And I want you to understand that we can disagree politically, but we can still listen to each other and try to understand why we each feel the way we feel. If you start erasing people from your life just because you voted differently, I have zero patience for that. I think that is so shallow and reckless and short-sighted. But we don't live in a world that agrees with you in a lot of ways. you know what? Because there's so much anger that people have a difficult time removing the anger from the the right of other people to just sort of say, well, this is I may not agree with everything he or she does, depending on who you support. But I I respect their right to do what they do and I will do everything to either not support them or support them if if I if I like it. But I don't think we live in that time. There's there is a lot of anger for people who ride it down the middle. I mean, look at what happened when um, Ellen was, Ellen DeGeneres was sitting at a, at a football game with the, uh, with President Bush. Right. And she, and people attacked her for it. And she said, you know, why can't we just be kind to one another? Doesn't mean I have to agree with him politically, but she still got more heat for that in the aftermath of saying that. And I loved what she said, but man, people don't want to hear that. Well, Sorry. Yeah. You know what? If, <laughs> if you look at me and say, well, you don't believe in what I believe in. I've got to write you off. Okay, bye. Yeah. Goodbye. You know, um, if you want to vote the opposite of what I vote, fine. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you want to have a conversation about it, the politics and why I believe the way the way I believe, I'll listen to the way you believe and why you believe what you believe. I, it's fine. Because I, we can learn from one another. You know what? The, if you... Exactly. Yeah. But if I see that you are mean to kittens, I will write you off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. 
You kitten abuser? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. There are certain things that people do that I can't, I don't have any room for forgiveness there. I hear you. I hear you on that. But I, when it's a difference of opinion, you know, or it's a moment where things get heated, I think it's important to be able to just pull back. Right. And just, are, are you a spiritual person? Very much so. How do you define spirituality in your life? For me, it's just the fire within, you know, for me, spirituality is, I, I look at it in, from the universal standpoint, you know, I, is there a God? Well, to me, you could uh, take the word God out of any sentence or thought you have and put the word universe in there. And, and I'm sort of in between the two. I kind of do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, are there pearly gates? Is there a guy or a woman, you know, mm-hmm. sitting on the, a throne? I, I don't know what's happening and waiting for us in the afterlife or right. in the next life or if we're just done, mm-hmm. we're worm dirt. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but I do think that the force, the, there's an energy mm-hmm. that we were all connected by and that it's good to keep that energy as positive as possible. It's attractive to people, isn't it? Well, I I think so. And, I, and you don't do it because it's attractive, but you notice that, that when you give out that positive kind of force, that it, it brings people in. I did, I, last... When the last summer I did a, um, you know, I had breast cancer now almost six years ago and, um, and I did a, a speech in front of a huge group of people up in Connecticut and they were trying to figure out what I was going to do. Cause I think I made them a little nervous because I told them what an incredibly positive experience it had been for me. And they were like, Well, I don't think most people look at it that way. (laughs) And I said, well, trust me, there's a reason I I say that. And I said, I I want this moment to be just a big group hug for these, you know, thousand people that are there. And and I explained to them, you know, I explained to them that for me, that moment had been... um, it came at a really important time in my life because I had a son who was suffering from a really intense opiate addiction and um, it put everything in perspective. You know, it, my problems didn't seem so important and I learned how to compartmentalize and how to look at this beautiful child of mine and say, okay, I'm dealing with this. You're dealing with this. We're going to get through this and the universe is going to help us out. And I really feel like my sense of what spirituality is really broadened at that point because it, it became about just really understanding that, you know, we're all here for the blink of an eye. If you look at all time, it's just, and we're gone. So what is it we do while we're here? What we do is we learn. And if we learn, it's really incumbent upon us to share it. And I mean, you do that every day. You well, share with people. It doesn't it doesn't always have to be, you know, some overarching, amazing uh, moment. It can just be fun. It can be happy. It can be just a moment that takes people away from the things that that upset them. But I think that's that's what you do. And I think that is at our very best as human beings. That's what we should all try to do in whatever way we can. Patty, you hit on something that I think is so important. Um, without going into detail, uh, over the past two years, maybe three, we've had a, we've had some crazy ass drama going on in our show. Okay, uh, things out of our control, but sort of arguably caused by 
people within the circle and or mm-hmm. as or at least they were in the same lane as the problems whatever sure, sure. and i really learned the importance of learning from the bad learning yes, learning yes. learning from the pain yeah, so okay it's the greatest so learning opportunity. no matter what you're going through that is a challenge for you or that it makes you feel like you can't go on another day or whatever but you get through it you learn the lessons from that and to not sit back and study what you've gone through is a crime right and in in i think both of these guys over here andrew and diamond know mm-hmm. exactly what i'm talking about I and mean, we went through some crazy stuff where you know i i i was broken down emotionally and these guys don't even know about it i mean it, it was a tough time where i was trying to be the peacekeeper i was trying to be the leader and i had to listen to everyone on sometimes both sides of a bad situation right and try to be the referee and get everyone together and i kept reminding people we need to learn from this yeah so no matter what awful thing is happening of course as we do this podcast we're going through uh coronavirus right and of course, what can we learn from a virus? Well, nothing. We know what a virus is. But what we can learn from is how people are responding and reacting to it. Right. And so uh, right now, people are like, oh, God, they're freaking out. Oh, shit. You know, we, I'm going to. No, you know what? Calm down. Right. Let's attack it. Let's attack back. Let's get through it because there is a world waiting for us on the other side of it. Of course. Of course. So panicking is not is not learning anything. I almost walked down here from my office a mile away instead of taking a cab. And then I went, no, I'm not going to be afraid and I'm not going to walk. <laughs> well, there's nothing... Okay, wait a second. There's nothing wrong with being a little overreactive with, with all this stuff going on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going kidding. to a party tonight. I'm like, I don't want to go to the party. I don't want to hang out with a bunch of people like breathing all over me. Right. It's okay. We're going to get through this. Sure. But whatever awful thing you're going through in life, a son who is an opiate addiction, breast cancer, Mm -hmm. if you don't stop down and go, wait a minute, it's more than me surviving breast cancer. Right. It's also, what did I learn about life in this thing? Yeah. It's like, I always ask myself whenever anything bad happens and, and things happen, bad things happen to all of us on a fairly regular basis, it seems. If you you got to stop and you have to say, and I, and I literally look up and I ask the universe, what are you trying to teach me here? You have to do that. And it also, what is this moment? It now? helps you get through it as well. Yeah. Cause it, it's like the forest, yeah. seeing the forest for the trees. Right. Sometimes you gotta get out of the trees and, and you gotta back up and go, well, there's a forest here. Let's figure out why there's a forest here with a bunch of trees. Right. Hold on. We've been going on for a while. Are you guys okay? If you need to go home, go home. Because Diamond and and, and we'll and be Andrew. here tomorrow morning when you come back. No, we're gonna go on and on. You want some more tequila? You good? Oh God, they're drunk. Do you need more? No, I'm good. Well, anyway, I do. But it's just it, you need to, you need to stop down and learn from yeah pain and yeah. agony and what the universe is trying to tell you. So, am I spiritual? Yes. Yeah. Not <laughs> that was the question, wasn't it? What about an hour re- ago? What about religion? Because that's a whole different thing from spirituality. You know, I try not to talk about religion that much because it pisses people off. But I will tell you. Okay. I'll tell you. But I was growing up in <laughs> no Dallas. No one's listening, so you can. <laughs> I was growing up in Dallas, Texas, and uh, we were members of the First Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would go in on Sunday mornings and watch everyone, including my classmates from school and their parents, act like perfect little Baptist soldiers. Oh, man. I that know was on exactly Sunday. exactly what you're talking about. But Monday through Saturday, mm-hmm. they were all a bunch of motherfuckers. Right. They were, yeah. <laughs> they, they were. Yeah. They were assholes. They treated each other like shit. 
They were cheating on each other, husbands and wives. and They're talking and, about love on Sundays, and then the rest of the week, it's like, screw you. It's almost as if they only thought God watched them while they were in the <laughs> building, the church. He has no cameras anywhere else. Exactly, but as soon as they, <laughs> as soon as they walk out of the, the First Baptist Church, they're like, okay, yeah. we're going to screw each other over. So we pulled I, another one over on him, her. <laughs> so that's what I saw in what I entitled organized religion so it turned me off at a very early age that's exactly what happened and it, but since then in, in, in taking uh, courses in college and in, in learning about other religions mm-hmm. and other other ways of believing i i learned that there is there is a power there for people oh, who need it i get that yeah there's great there's I, great beauty i wish patty i could be the dr frankenstein of religion and i could take the beautiful things from uh buddhism from buddhism the beautiful things from catholics the beautiful things from baptists yeah and and uh jews whatever yeah oh absolutely you know what you look you can look at uh, any of the great documents the quran Mm -hmm. the quran you any from any religion you see beauty yeah and you can weave in the good stuff and mm-hmm. make it your, the perfect religion. Well, you know, that's not going to happen. You know, it's funny. I had a kind of a crazy mother. You knew my mother. And um, she was kind of crazy in a beautiful way. Um, I grew up Episcopalian. But one of the things she did, she was fascinated by religion. And so as a six and seven and eight year old, my mother would say, you know what? I think we need to go to this synagogue or we need to go to this Hare Krishna festival or to this Buddhist temple. She took me to all different religious because she was fascinated by it. And I remember specifically her saying to me, you know what? Somebody can worship trees if that makes them a good kind person then that's all that they need for me well there are people that worship trees you i know, know that you know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah wait what's the religion i my mind well, it's not is, a religion but it, no the, there is a actually well, a, an, a an old religion in england that worships trees but the well, we were talking about the has, book you read about the people who like the trees oh <laughs> the tree like like those people that worship those fruit. people those tree loving people yeah well there are i mean i there are people that do um <laughs> we talked about this there are people who do a thing called forest bathing yes yeah where they where you go out and with as few clothes as possible and no shoes no shoes because you want to be connected to the energy of the the earth earth. absolutely and you place your feet on the root lines of a tree and you either lean into it against your back or you literally are a tree hugger and do it from the front Mm -hmm. and there are people and and it's funny because i talked to this woman at danbury medical center up in connecticut and she runs the um complementary medicine department and she said they have measured heart rate, blood pressure, uh, all kinds of things with people when they're doing that and found that they all came down when they were doing that. That's it. And there is this sensibility that when you connect with the earth, which I really love, when you connect with nature and with the earth, it has not only a tremendous impact on your physical well-being, but on your emotional and and a mental and intellectual well-being. And people don't understand that trees talk to each other. Yeah, yeah. They emit algae and things and send send warning signals over to other trees. And if there is a tree uh, in a grove of trees that's not doing as well as the others, the, the other trees actually send pulses of algae and, and water their way. They, they actually do. All it's, right, back to religion. <laughs> yeah, well, that is... 
but really at its best that's, that's it. that is religion i mean because that's the whole idea is that that we are here to learn as much as we can and we're really pretty fucking stupid if we don't learn from nature. <laughs> well, you know, I got to tell you, I, I just to get the credits. And when I was going to college for a minute, uh-huh. I took a definitely took some religion classes, and to learn about all these different religions, I had no idea about. It. And when it came to uh, people who are Muslim, mm-hmm. right, stored it in stored it in my mind, took away the things I really loved about what what they study and what they worship, right. So when it came time for 9-11 to roll around, and when it came time for this wall of, of mistrust and hate between people who are non-Muslim and to people's lives who are Muslim, right. I was sitting there going, wait a minute, hold on a second. You guys are missing a point here. I, you're blaming some certain people for atrocities going on on this planet of ours that don't need to be blamed. Right, right. Then, you know, you, there's a, out in Santa Fe where I, I have a house, as you know, I love Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yes, it's so there's a, a large Sikh population out there. Okay. After 9-11, people assumed if you're a Sikh, you're a part of this problem, this attack. Really? And they were throwing bricks through their, their business windows and things. Like, you people need to learn about what you're doing. You're attacking people who are your friends. Right. And so I really think that through religion... Just as you can through cuisine, mm-hmm. you can learn about cultures. Yeah. You can learn about different people yeah. that are opposite of you. You know, it's funny. I did a podcast actually very recently with this musician, and he was and he's a jazz guy, and he was talking about one of the things that he really loves about early jazz in this country is that he said you don't find it anywhere else because of one thing. We had this incredible melting pot of people who came together. So if you look at 1920s and 20, and 30s jazz, it is this this beautiful stew of music from all different cultures that came together and created this sound that for him is the ultimate. And I thought it was a very interesting, it's not something, I mean, I'd heard people say, yeah, it uh, the, that early jazz sort of took a few different things from different cultures, but to hear it, I don't know, this was, there was something about the way he put it that that really explained it to me on a deeper level. The beauty of looking at one another and saying, okay, you have something different. Not being afraid of those differences, but saying that those differences are so beautiful and that when we combine them, when we put them together, look at this thing that we can create that we couldn't have created if we if we didn't want to be a part of those differences. Do you, you hear what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Because it takes me immediately to New Orleans. It takes me to eating right. a bowl of gumbo. Right. You know, you, okay, you look at New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans has this incredible, incredible uh, connection of, of French. Right. And Southern. Mm-hmm. And you know, just, just add to the... And Afri- the Native American. Native American, and, African. And African. And you, you add all those together and you have this Creole right. of people. And uh, It's it, really earthy. It's very earthy. It's gorgeous. My God, this, this is podcast just kind of goes everywhere. Yeah. Well, so do you. And that's important. <laughs> do I go everywhere? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, no, I think that was are, the tequila I'll talking. I'll give you a list of places I'm not going. <laughs> what would you be doing if you weren't doing radio? I don't know. I, I don't know. Motivational I think, speaker. No. You know, because everything I am today is because of this business I'm in. <laughs> yeah, good point. Radio has turned me into who I am and yeah. interactivity with yeah. with listeners. I mean, no, I, don't, I don't know. 
I don't even know where I'd be on this earth of ours if or if even I'd be alive. Your parents were a big part of that though, right? They supported it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, they gave you, like you were talking about your dad uh, giving you that sense of humor. Your mom, I know you adored your mom. She was a little buttoned down. Yeah. But she actually represents my conservative side where I'm a little, I try to shut up sometimes. Uh-huh. Rarely. But that's, but that's good, actually. That's a good thing. I mean, yeah. you know, because it keeps you sort of in a in a zone so you don't go too far off the, the map. I had a dream about my mom and dad the other night. Yeah. So... I guess I, I must assume they were talking to me through the dream. They've been it, gone for how long? I don't know. How long has it been? Do you remember how? Five, four years? Four, four years. Four years, five years. They were, they, did they pass pretty close to each other? Yeah. Yeah. My father was just, had been dying so slowly. It was sad to see that. And my mother, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's. Uh-huh. And so they just, they lingered way too long. Yeah. And that's when I decided to lose weight try to pay more attention to my health because I didn't want to be, I don't want to be a burden on someone when I turn into like an old fuck, which is going to be like within moments from now. <laughs> I, I, I just, they made, they made bad decisions that messed with their health right. later in life. And they just right. died on the vine. It was, it was sad to see that, but God, I, I miss them sometimes, but they talk to me in my dreams a lot. Isn't that funny? Mine, do, mine too. I, I mean, mine have been gone a long time, maybe, 13 years going on 13 years and um and i still find myself thinking oh i gotta get this for mom or you know daddy would love this and i and and i think of it in a present way as opposed to oh they would have loved this it's a weird feeling well that's it that's it i mean it's an energy i mean just because their body is dead does that mean they're dead i'm I'm always trying to kind of toy around with what that means yeah Yeah. just because you inhabit this body of yours patty I mean, Lucky me. <laughs> when the body dies, where do you go? You know, I yeah. I don't know. We, for instance, I mean, Danielle, her father passed away not too long ago, and uh-huh. she is totally convinced, and I believe her. Mm-hmm. Her dad is still here, mm-hmm. and um, I, I I really I really hope one day that will all be explained to us. I guess we have to be dead for it to be explained to us, but I don't know. Huh. I don't get it. There's something to look forward to then. <laughs> the explanation. Do you believe in reincarnation? Yeah, I totally do. Welcome back. <laughs> I don't think I would be the fabulous person I am without reincarnation. No. We'll have to go back and learn it. How to I'm do hoping it again. I am one of my puppies in my in my future life. Oh God, to be a puppy! I know they're like their lives are so in the moment. I saw a puppy on the way over here on uh, West Broadway. Yeah, a lady was uh, actually trying to teach her puppy how to. Had to walk on a leash. Right. <laughs> you could tell they were training. And I looked down at this puppy who was like, he put his leash in his mouth and he was walking into people. He was, yeah. just, he was just a big old wreck. And I looked at her and I said, God, I wish I was a puppy. Yeah, don't you? She said, yeah, I wish I was a puppy. Yeah, because everything is in the moment. There's no looking in the mirror. Oh God, what do I wear today? And you can lick How's yourself. How's my hair look? Lick yourself. Right. And you can lick other people. <laughs> well, other things. My tequila's almost gone. <laughs> I'm good. No more tequila. Right. Well, okay. Well, uh... I think this was wonderful. Um, the great lost podcast of 2019 has been superseded by hopefully the not lost podcast. Of I don't remember anything we talked about in the last podcast. Oh, I remember lots of it. What did we not cover today that we did cover on that one? Um, no, we. T- I think we, you know, I made sure to kind of in my memory because obviously I had nothing to reference. <laughs> May I say <laughs> something to you? Yeah. Uh, let me, you were, you've been very kind to me. 
uh, in, in in describing me and what you think of me. Let me let me tell you about Patty. Oh dear. Well, here's what I've learned from Patty. Okay. Okay. Uh, you have taught me to appreciate history. There's no bigger history buff than you. No, that's true. I, that's my life. I wish I wish there was something I could do with it to pay the the light bill. No, but. you do it. You, you you do you do things with your knowledge of history every day. Just look, we learn from history. We learn yeah. from mistakes oh, from the God, past, don't we? But you, you've taught me about history, architecture, art, antiques. You and I have done so many things together. That you have made me appreciate things I didn't appreciate before I knew you. Mm-hmm. So I must give you props and thanks. And I've got gas. I just, I'm going to fart. I got to fart. <laughs> Go ahead. No. It's a podcast. You're allowed to, according <laughs> to the fart. FCC. No, but I'm just saying that uh, <laughs> thank you for all you've done for me and, and for everyone you come in contact with. You're a beautiful soul. Oh, back at you. <laughs> Um, and as you know, my second mother, Jane, passed away recently. Yes, I know that. Uh, marched me down the aisle at my wedding. She's a beautiful lady. She always said great things about you and always asked how you were doing. We always had so much fun. I remember on the occasions, I remember one time sitting on that incredible house that you uh, so graciously invited all of us to in Positano, Italy. And sitting there and looking out at the sea and just talking to her in the evening, she's just a lovely, beautiful person. And I, there was nothing that gave me more joy than seeing her walk you down the aisle at that mm. wedding. I miss her so September. much. I can't believe she's dead. Yeah. But she's still alive. I feel her. Yeah. But she talks to me. Again, the universe gave her to you and is not taking her away from you. You know, uh, she's a huge right. part of you. Let's end in death. Yeah. <laughs> And the joy of death. <laughs> All right, so are we going to lose this podcast too? No, oh my God, unless someone here is going to lose it. The and then news, I can blame them. Well, instead the good news of about my... losing podcasts, it gives us another reason to get together and have some tequila <laughs> and talk. So <laughs> we'll do a follow up. All right, delete the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Dink. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.